0: This morning, what a God serve? There's no other name. Hallelujah. No other name. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we love you today. We thank you today, Lord. We lift up Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, God,
1: today. And we thank you, Lord, that there's no other name named under heaven,
0: Lord God, among men, whereby we must be saved, Lord. The name of Jesus, Lord, we lift you up today. We honor you today. We glorify you today, Lord God. May you receive our worship. May you touch us
1: with your presence today as we lift our praise to you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh, mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. Oh, mm.
1: Bless your Lord. Refuse to let the darkness steal our song. Refuse to let the darkness rob us of our hope. To mess with our peace. But even in the dark places, we know you are there. Even in those darkened places, we know you are working. For our good and for your glory. Even in those places. For the flesh wonders, faith knows. You haven't left us, and you haven't forsaken us. And we will continue to trust you and to believe you and to watch you work your good work in our lives. If you believe that, would you say amen and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. He's wonderful. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, you never leave us. Thank you, Lord, you're working on our behalf. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all God's people said, God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. If you walk by your carnal impulses, if the light changes, you change. But when you walk by faith, Regardless if it's dark or light, God's in control. Amen. Regardless if the report from the doctor was good or not so good, God's in control. Whether you made you zigged when you should have zagged and wished you would have, you know, not went the other way, God is in control. Amen. We have to recognize that God is not hindered by our circumstances and how we can work. He's not moved by circumstances. He doesn't get less glory. When it's, no, 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 God will work in our circumstance. God will work in our life and even in the dark places. Fear not, child of God, but know that you know he stands by you. He's working all good things for you. And he will give you the grace to go through to the other side. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless you. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Sister Amy over there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. looking group, hallelujah, if you have your Bibles, if you would go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we are finishing up a series of messages from the book of 1 Thessalonians, I think we've got a few more left, but this is part 2 of a message that we began last week called Family Gifts or Gifts for the Family. 1 Thessalonians 5, if you look at verse 12, we'll read. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Father, we thank you for your word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Help us to take this word and apply it and live it out. In Jesus' name and God's people said. Gifts for the family. Gifts for the family. You know, last week we covered part one and we took special note that um, one of the Apostle Paul's favorite words for the church, for the believers, was brothers. 27 times in First and 2 Thessalonians, he referred to the church as brothers. Now, brothers describes the church as a family, describes us as a family. And as a family, we have a responsibility one to another. And Paul lists four gifts in the 14th verse that we need to give one another in order to keep the family healthy and Growing strong in the Lord. And last week we covered, number one, warn the idle. Warn the idle. And number two, encourage the timid. We covered warn the idle or warn the unruly. And we said very simply that God's warnings are God's gifts to us. Every one of us can thank the Lord that he's warned us in times past. He's awakened us in times past. When we could have drifted, or we could have taken a wrong turn, or we could have went somewhere where we wish we wouldn't have went, he's kept us, and he has redirected us, and God has kept us. We well, thank God for the warnings that he's spoken into our lives. And here, Paul instructs us that as a loving brethren, we should lovingly, properly warn the idle, the out-of-step brother in the Lord. The word idol has a military ring to it. It's a military term for a soldier that doesn't keep rank. He's guilty of disorderly conduct. And out of a loving and obedient heart, we have an obligation to warn the straying or strife-producing believer, just like we would our own kids if we saw them drifting and going somewhere they shouldn't go. For here's the fact. If that person stays out of rank long enough, if they keep straying and they keep fostering strife, they keep refusing to stay in step with Christ, they will one day sever themselves from the family. They'll stray from the ranks of the redeemed. They'll drift off God's good path. And instead of being a tool that blesses and builds the body, they will be an instrument that produces friction and strife and offense. And Paul instructs us to love and to warn the idol. Number two, last week we covered encourage the timid, encourage the timid. And we called it the priceless gift of encouragement for those that are battling discouragement or feeling tempted to give up, those that are sensing defeat. Paul instructs us to speak into their lives words that'll inspire fresh hope, words that'll give them new strength, words that'll give them a courage, remind them um, that that dear brother or sister that's battling, reminding them that their God is still in control and they are still in the palm of His hand and they're not alone in this walk. Remind them and reassure them that God is faithful and just like He came through for them in the past, He will do it again, praise God. God, for you, he'll do it again. Yes, he will. For Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And somebody, Jesus hasn't lost a step. Can you say amen? We've lost a step. Sometimes we've lost a lot more than a step, but the fact is, Jesus is the same and friend, he's still able. Let someone hear that this morning. God is still able to turn things around. God is still able to work his good work in your life. There is nothing impossible for the risen Christ. Jesus, he is alive. He's able to heal that brokenness. He's able to mend that severing. He's able to work things that no one else can work. If you just call on him, if you'll just put your trust in him, you will see the arm of the Lord revealed in your life. Can you say amen? The gift of encouragement, this helps the downward believer to believe again and rise up again and receive new strength that they can go on and fight this good fight of faith. And So we say this morning, if you've fallen, arise. If you have stumbled, get back up. You're feeling weary. Draw near. Come on and draw near. He's got refreshing just for you. He's calling you this morning to make a new altar. He's calling you this morning to come to that river and get some refreshing that you might go back in that battle and fight that good fight of faith. But we have to remember, children of God, that God's promises, they have not changed. And there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. There is no accusation that is hurled against you that will stand. There is no amount of life's pressures that will ever separate you from the great love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, you're God's child. You're going to make it. The storm is going to pass and God is going to finish His good work in you. Can you say amen? And now we move on to gift three. That was last week. Now gift three, we're going to rearrange these next two. We're going to take them in reverse order. We'll start with 14D. Be patient. With everyone. And someone says, Lord, that's a tall order. Said, Being patient's not hard enough. Then you said, with everyone. <laughs> hey, Lord, have you seen this group? You know what I mean? Lord, have you, have, have you seen the family? And God said, be patient. Don't, don't hit the person next to you. Be patient with everyone. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Hmm. Patience is a Quality woven into the fabric of all these gifts. You see, the the weak, the timid, the idle, will never come around without the loving patience of the church and God's people and God's family. Patience is an important quality for any loving and healthy family, for it gives people time to grow and mature, to be restored, to come around. And many that did finally make it back to where they should be, where they belong, never would have without the loving patience of God and the brethren. You see, patience allows God to work. Patience allows God to work in us and in others and certainly in our situations. And when we become impatient, we tend to short-circuit what God is trying to do. It's not on purpose, but we unintentionally hinder that perfect working of God when we get impatient and try to rush things or give up too quick. But oh, patience is a marvelous thing because it allows the Lord to continue that work. Sometimes you just gotta love them to God heals them. Sometimes you just gotta say, God give me grace, keep praying for them. Even when everything looks like Lord, they're never gonna come around. Hey. <laughs> Amen. But, oh, patience, patience. I don't know about you. I need patience. You need patience. We've all received much patience from the Lord. So, hey, let's pass it on. Amen? Tell the person next to you, pass it on. Pass it on. Be patient. Be patient. Amen? God's been patient with you. Be patient with your brother. God's been patient with you. Let's thank God he's been patient with all of us. And by God's grace, let us be patient with one another because none of us has arrived yet. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, me, ouch, or anything else. But you know, the truth, Lord, but it's the truth. Amen. Gifts for God's family. Things we need to help the congregation stay spiritually strong and healthy and growing. Paul says, warn the idol like you would your child that you saw beginning to get at a step or get an attitude that was causing friction. You do it lovingly, you do it properly, the right timing, the right spirit, but if you love them, you warn them because you see what they're doing and you see where they're heading. You warn them, amen? And we're here today because God warned us and kept us from a lot of wrong decisions and wrong roads, amen. Secondly, we encourage the timid. And we looked at so many verses where God emphasizes we come to God's house, one thing we do is encourage one another. Make it up about your mind, I'm going to be an encourager, amen? Because everyone's going through something, isn't that right? And if they're not, they soon will be, so make it a habit. I'm going to encourage someone in the Lord today, amen? I'm going to try to encourage them to believe and to trust, and we encourage the timid, and then be patient with everyone. Be patient. God, you've been patient with me. I'm going to be patient with others. But now lastly, number four, help the weak. Help the weak. Now this gift's going to move us a little more into some practical areas of helping. But the word help literally here means hold fast or hold on to the weak. Don't let them fall. Help them. We've all needed help at one time or another, amen? Famous author has a picture in his, or had, he's, he's dead now, but had a picture in his office of a turtle on top of a, a, a pole. And the thing is, if you ever see a turtle on a pole, you know it had some help getting there, amen? And he, and he says, I think it was Alex Haley, the author of Roots, he, he had this picture, and he says, I look at that, so anytime I start thinking too big about myself, I look at that picture, remind myself, you know what? You got where you're at, but somebody helped you, Amen? Whenever we begin to think, hang on, somebody helped us, amen? The grace, but for the grace of God. And so, their help, so hold fast the weak, Paul says. In the family, there'll be some that are weak. And you're not to just step over them, reject them. Hold fast, help the weak. Don't let them fall. Now, the weak in this context, in this particular context, is the spiritually weak. The spiritually weak. We're going to broaden it in a bit, but the spiritually weak, emotionally weak, spiritually weak. Those that are lacking strength to continue. The strong in the family should uphold the weak, cleave to the weak, support them, hold them. The weak need to feel like they're not alone in the battle. Now let's notice some various reasons why people are weak. The Bible often says, for this cause. God wants us to know some reasons why things happen. We can't avoid some things if we understand the cause. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? All right, so number one, why are some people weak? Well, various reasons. Number one, some are just young in the faith. They just haven't developed spiritual muscle yet. Why are some weak struggling with spiritual victory and consistency and vitality? Well, number one, some are just young in the faith. They're new believers. They haven't developed their spiritual muscle yet. They haven't put to death some things that have kind of controlled them for a lifetime and they need to overcome some inferiorities or some negative habits. And they're, they're not there yet. They're young. They haven't been taught. That's why they come to learn. They haven't been rooted. They haven't developed that solid foundation. They need to get some discipleship. They need to be taught how to pray and develop that prayer life. They need to learn how to walk by faith and know God's Word and how you actually apply God's Word. One thing to know it's another thing to do it. They haven't developed the healthy characteristics that produce stability and consistency and spiritual health in the life of the believer. Young in faith, they can struggle. They need the support of the more mature and the older people of the the saints. You know, even God tries to protect the younger ones in the beginning. Even God gives the new believers some grace in the beginning. If you can remember back in the book of Exodus, the 13th chapter, the Bible says when Pharaoh let the Israelites go, God did not send them on a road through the Philistine territory, though that was shorter, because God said, if they face war, they can't handle some things right now. They haven't developed strength. They haven't learned how to stand on the word. Amen? They haven't learned how to pray through. They haven't pressed into the baptism of the spirit where they can turn on that another notch of spiritual power. They haven't learned those things. And so God said, even though it's shorter, they might run into some trouble they're not ready to handle yet. If they face war, they might change their minds in return. They haven't developed that muscle and that maturity and that spiritual courage that one day they will. So sometimes people are weak simply because they're newly saved. And we've got to watch over them and do our best to feed them and encourage them and help them and teach them. But young in faith, I've got good news for you. You don't have to stay that way. In fact, you shouldn't want to stay that way. You can grow spiritually strong and healthy. Listen, if you'll give yourself wholeheartedly to grow in the Lord, you will grow. If you'll give yourself to the Word of God, that Word will nourish you. If you'll give yourself to faithful service, you'll develop your gifts. If you'll learn how to pray, you'll develop a prayer life that'll be strong and stable as you abide in the vine. If if you'll practice and give yourself to discipleship, get around. Some strong believers, get around some older saints and learn from them and glean from them. Remember, you'll never soar with the eagles if you're always trotting with the turkeys. Can you say amen? I'm just saying, if you're young in the faith, get around some believers that have walked this walk. Come on, say amen to that. Make up your mind. I don't want to be like this 20 years from now. I want to know Jesus better. I want to be stronger in faith. I want to be more consistent in my walk. I don't want to be pathetic. Well, it's one thing for a three-year-old, you help her tie her shoe. When she's 13, then you've got to take her to get some help. Come on, say amen to that. So when they're young in faith, that's one thing. We understand that. We rally around them to help them, and you go the extra mile. So strong have to keep an eye out for the young. Be willing to be there for them, to pray for them, to befriend them to take them under the wing, to give them a little extra attention while they grow strong. Some people are simply weak, and then help the weak, help the young in the faith. Amen? They're newly saved. They need help. They're coming out of things. They might not have a family that's supportive. They need that extra attention. That's what we're there for. Isn't that right? But now some are weak. Not because they're too young, but because they have failed to mature. There's a difference. They just haven't put the time in. They haven't put the effort and the discipline in, the devotion to grow spiritually. You know, they're sowing and reaping. And whether we're going to talk about mechanics or music or muscles, the fact is, we get out of something what we put into something. And to improve at anything, It demands an investment on our part and being intentional to want to grow and do the things that foster growth. In fact, Hebrews, you note takers, Hebrews 5 and 12, the author of Hebrews said these words to that church that was not mature. They were not growing. He said, by this time you ought to be. Hebrews 5 and 12. By this time you ought to be. Uh Uh-oh. He said you ought to be teachers by now. But in fact, you need someone to be teaching you the elementary truths. Isn't that something? They had failed to mature. It's not that you haven't been saved that long, but you haven't worked it. You haven't been faithful in it. You haven't done your part to mature. You've been around, but you haven't grown. By this time, you ought to be. That tells us that God has a certain fair expectation for every one of us. God has a certain fair expectation. Not unrealistic, realistic expectation for every one of us. Again, let's use the children. When, when, when they're two, you'll help them tie their shoe. When they're 12, if they can't, we've got to take them to a specialist. Come on, say amen. Because something has not developed. Proper growth, we're not talking Olympic stuff, well, proper growth has not taken place in the Christian experience. Only thing that hinders us from not growing is our refusal to want to grow. Because God, when we get born again, we are born again, amen? And God gives us all that we need for life and godliness, and God gives us all the opportunity to draw near, to feed on the bread of life, and to grow as strong as we want to be, and as close as we want to be. Number three, some are weak. Because they're weighed down by things they haven't yet set aside. I mean, they're giving effort, but sometimes, you know, folks, sometimes we can make things harder on ourselves than we have to. What's the old saying? We can work harder or we can work... And sometimes we work against ourselves in spiritual things. When they're there, they're faithful, they're trying, but because they allow certain weights and snares and sins just to be there, they never get that growth. They never go forward as they ought. They send to be either going in circles or, or treading their tires, you know. Hebrews 11, that great chapter of faith, where the author gives us all these mighty heroes, men and women of faith. And then as he moves into that 12th chapter, he encourages all of us that you too can walk in faith like this. You too can be inspired by this cloud of witnesses, and you can run your race of faith, and you can accomplish things in your generation for the glory of God. And as he begins that 12th chapter, he gives us some advice and some admonition. He says, if you really want to grow and have faith like these heroes and accomplish God's will in your generation, then you know what? You've got to lighten the load. He says you have to be able to throw aside and remove some things that are hindering you and keeping you from that advancement. Things that want to trip you up and hold you back. How many Remember? Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. It's a very simple verse, but therefore since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, he just got done talking about people like Noah and Abraham and David and Moses and Isaac and all these wonderful men and women of faith and how they overcame lions and they conquered cities and they saw the dead raised to life again. They received God's promises. They stood apart from the world and made a stand for Christ. They rejected the world and did God's will. Wonderful things, and we look at them, and though they weren't perfect people, they were men and women of faith that got applauded and got approved of, and then the author says, now if you want to be like that, and you can be like that, if you want to be a man or a woman of real faith that makes a difference in your life and in your family and in your generation, he says you can do it. We're surrounded by this crowd of witnesses that are encouraging us and giving us an example, but if you're going to do it, you got to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He says, you, you can be doing your best, but if you're weighed down with a 50 pound back, your best is not going to be your best. You can be giving sincere effort, but sincerity is not always all that. If you have things that are entangling you, you know, you can go out for a run and have some nice sneakers. That'll help you run. You can be out there in your dress shoes. This, how many you know you're going to hinder yourself? And the author says, you know what? It's good to give a quality effort you got to. But along with that effort, there has to be a wisdom in how we approach this walk of faith. And we have to recognize if there's something that's weighing me down, I need to set it aside. If there's something that's tangling me up and tripping me up, I need to lay it aside. So I can run with a freedom and I can run with an endurance and I can run with a perseverance the race that is marked out for me. And friend, God has a race marked out just for you. God has a will and a desire and a destiny just for you. And the only thing that can hinder you from entering into it is you. Can you say amen? God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. The spirit within you is greater than the spirit that's in the world. In fact, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells where? In you. That means you can walk it. You can overcome it. You can prevail in the midst of it. God has a will for your life. Don't let the devil lie to you and say you're not good enough or your past is too bad. The devil is a liar. But God is a good God. Glory be to God. Some are going to sing about the goodness of God. I want to preach about the goodness of God. He's a good God. He's a wonderful Savior. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love and he has a call and a purpose and a destiny for your life. And I encourage you, don't let anything hinder you. Don't let anything trip you up. Don't let anything weigh you down. You were made for greater things. You were made to soar with the eagles of the faith. You were made to run and not grow weary to walk and not thank God as a will for your life. And if you give your best to God, he'll yield. You, he'll bless you, he'll blow your mind. Can you say amen? Woo! Hallelujah! Run the race, but run it with some wisdom. Take off the load. And it's not in the notes, but if I was to stop right now, and it's too early, I'm not tired yet. And I was all right. Can we be honest in church? Are we allowed to be honest? Yes. Amen? Yes. You know, it's like the dodo bird that goes to the doctor, but don't tell him what's wrong. I know nobody here would do that, but um, it's hard for him to help you if you don't tell them what the problem is. Amen? And it's hard for him to help you if you don't tell him I got a pain here, I got a... So if God's going to help us, we have to be honest in some evaluations of us. And if we were to take a moment of introspection, meditation, and say, Lord, I want to run my race victoriously. I want to be the one you called me. I want to be the husband you called me to be. Amen? I want to be the son you've called me to be. How about that? I want to be the father you called me to be. Isn't that right? I want to carry out my, my, your will for my life. And, Lord, I, I don't want things weighing me down that keep me from being that. I don't want things that are always tripping me up, frustrating me, embarrassing me. I want to throw away that which entangles me. So if in order to do that, if we were to take a moment and say, Lord, I can't trust man. I don't blame you, but I can trust you. Show me, Lord, what are a couple things I need to work on? It might be something from the past that still lies to me and harasses me. And I need to address it in the name of Jesus and get victory over once and for all. Amen? It's, it's an entanglement. It's a false thought. It's something I picked up from my old father, my earthly father, but not from my heavenly father. Amen? Or maybe there's something I've allowed and I just haven't got to the point of being serious about getting it off. But I know it holds me back from going into that place God's called me to. Wow. You see, so sometimes... In our own lives, we can come to the altar smarter or just harder. We can come with a wisdom as God shows us. Work on this. Pray on that. Believe for that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to help the weak. He says, help the weak. He said, help the weak. Help the weak. Now let me take this point, and let's, let's broaden our illustration. Paul specifically speaking about those that are weak in faith, but I want to go a little farther here. Let's, let's take this a little broader. Because some are weak, and we see this in the Word of God. Some are weak because they're exhausted by the battle. They're weakened by circumstances and pressures beyond their control. They're not weak, but they're in a weak place. Can you say amen to that? I don't consider myself a weak person. Four weeks ago, heart gave me a problem. I was in a weak place. Amen? I needed the prayers and the helps of the brethren. We've talked about one, and we left it there. When the altar time comes, God's speaking to deal with it. I want to go to another application here that's a biblical application, because we want to help the weak. This is God's will that the weak rise up and become strong again. Amen? It's God's will that they don't stay weak forever, but they get revived and restored and become the one God's called them to be. So sometimes we see in the word of God, people are weak, not because they're weak in themselves, but in a weak place or a weak circumstance or a place that's made them. We've all tasted this. It's not the norm, but it's a special time of crisis. When even the strongest of us need the help of God's family. As one author said it. When the crushing pressure of a personal Gethsemane comes upon us. And it's not our sin, but it's our circumstance. And we need to be held. And we need to be supported. And we need to be lifted up by the family of God. Till the Lord restores, or till the storm passes by. Help the weak. To help the weak. There's different illustrations in the Bible. One time, you remember the disciples were straining at the oars? Remember they were straining? Because the wind of adversity was against them. They weren't in disobedience. It wasn't sin. They were perfect obedience, doing what Jesus told them to do. Yet in the midst of all that, they ran into such opposition, such resistance, that it drained them and it exhausted them. They weren't weak men, but they were in a weak place. And that's a good picture of a lot of us doing our best to do the will of God, doing our best to go where the Lord's called us to go. But it seems like adversity hits us and the winds are contrary and we're giving it our best, but we're getting weary and we're getting tired. I want to thank God this morning that Jesus Christ sees our straining and Jesus is aware of our struggle. He's aware of that struggle. Others might not see it. He sees it. And the second wind is coming to your house. He draws near and He enters in. He revives us in our exhaustion, just like He did those disciples. He walked on that water and drew into that situation. And somebody, Jesus, is drawing near. Get ready for a fresh breath of the life of God. And the Lord helps us in the times that we're exhausted and straining as the winds of adversity try to hinder us and keep us from walking and obeying the Lord. And oftentimes, how God comes to us in a storm is by sending one of us to our brother or our sister. He sends us to help them, to help them roll, to help them pray, to help them speak, to join in their struggle. One of the greatest ways we help, not the only way, one of the greatest ways we help one another, help the weak, is by praying for them. Go in every belittle sincere prayer. God, puts someone on your heart, even if you only have 30 seconds at work, you, you, can, you can find a brick. Lord, help so-and-so. Don't know what they're going through, but Lord, whatever it is, encourage them today. Give them grace today. Amen? Don't ever belittle. In fact, Paul says, when we pray one for another, that's one way we join their struggle. They could be a million miles away. God puts them on your heart. You could join in their struggle, helping them to roll, helping them to advance, helping him to get through that adversity. Look at Romans 15. Go ahead and put that one up there. Look what Paul writes here. I believe it's Romans 15 and 30. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, I like the way he says that. I love the way it's written. Join me in my struggle. How do I do that, Lord? By praying for me. By sincerely praying for me. We can join in the struggle of others we can help them roll when the winds of adversity are trying to hinder their advance and their obedience one of the most precious things we can do one for another gifts of a family pray one for another pray one for another amen a lot of times you don't got to know what's going on you don't got to know the specifics god puts someone on your heart hey if you got more time go for it even if you got 30 seconds father in the name of jesus Whatever they're going through, encourage them. Bring peace to that home. Give them the wisdom they need right now, Lord. Lord, help them overcome that. Let, let the devil, I rebuke you of that. They're, they're my brother, my sister. And you pray. And you join with them in their struggle. There's another example in the Bible, very similar. And that um, is a story about that great man called Moses. Was Moses, he was a man of God or what? He talked with God face to face. Amen? But you know, Moses got to a place in life where he was getting weary in the battle. He was in spiritual struggle and he got weary. A weary warrior. Say that five times fast, amen. A weary warrior. And he found himself getting exhausted. But he had two brothers that came alongside and lifted up his arms until the victory came. And sometimes we're going through spiritual battles and brothers and sisters are going through it. And we, Sometimes all we, just lift them up in prayer, amen? Stand with them in prayer. Even if you don't know all the specifics, you can put some time, Lord, I know such and such a family is going through right now. In the name of Jesus, if you don't know what to say, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's, Lord, I pray for that family. I pray for that marriage. I pray for that teenager. In the name of Jesus, help them, bring them life, rebuke the devourer on their behalf. And we pray. This is good to know you don't have to battle alone. The support of the family's prayers and intercessions assist and strengthen and help us. Oh, hallelujah. Helping the weak, praying one for another. Helping the weak, standing there and lifting up their arms as they fight that fight of faith. And then sometimes... People that are weak or in a weakened place or in circumstances that have weakened them need more than our prayers. They need our hands. They need our gifts. They need our efforts. You know, sometimes a brother's in a jam and he needs more than our prayers. He needs some physical support, they need some physical visit. You know in Acts the ninth chapter, there's a story about another general in the faith from the New Testament. His name was Paul. you know before Paul became the great apostle that we know him as, and he was just starting out and he was an on fire zealous new convert, he got himself in so much trouble preaching the gospel in one city that they put his name on the hit list to take him out to arrest him and kill him. In fact, they were so um committed had taken care of Paul that the enemies of God actually had the gates of the city under watch so Paul couldn't escape and the Bible says, Acts 9 that a bunch of men no name men heaven knows their name, amen took this guy, this young radical new convert he hadn't written a book yet he hadn't raised the dead yet he hadn't founded any churches yet, amen he's just a brother in need The Bible says they held the ropes, put them in a basket. And the city walls though, had like compartments in the walls you could go through, and they lowered him outside so he could escape and saved his life. Sometimes they don't need our prayers as much as they need us to hold the ropes. <laughs> so sometimes help the weak, they're in a weakened place, and they need more than prayer. And this was a daring thing, this was a sacrificial thing. This took effort. This took courage. If these men get caught, they'll get arrested like him. But they held the ropes. Sometimes our friends are in a hard place and they need some help. And more than a prayer, they need us to lend a hand. They need us to sit by their side. They might need us to give a ride. I want to thank God for those that hold the ropes. I've heard many a sold-out missionary. Pretty much I'll go anywhere. Of all, all I ask, is hold the ropes for me. Just hold the ropes. If you'll hold the ropes by giving and praying, I'll go. I'll go to hell. I'll go to places you wouldn't dream of. I'll take my family and we'll live in places you would never even If you just hold the ropes, that's all I ask. So many times beyond our prayers, how do we help the weak? Paul says, help the weak. We don't step over them. We don't kick them out. We hold them till God heals them. Hold them until God heals them. But sometimes that's all we can do. He's the healer. We can hold them. And we can support them. And we can be there for them. And there's our prayers, for them. there's also our efforts. I can visit them. I can lend a ride. I can give. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Hold the ropes. Help the weak. Some are in that weakened season. And again, we just have to hold them at times till God heals them. Because I want someone to know the weak won't have to stay weak forever. We serve a resurrected Christ and He wants to resurrect your life. If you're going through a weak time, it won't be forever. Jesus is going to bring you through. If you're in a weakened circumstance, you don't have to stay the way Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He's getting ready to resurrect you afresh, bring a new strength and a new day, new joy and a new song into your life. Help the weak. Help the weak. Help the weak. Have you ever begun to help someone and wish you hadn't started? (laughs) I got the right crowd. Amen. I read a story about a priest. He was walking down the street and saw this little little guy jumping up trying to hit the button. You know, hit the the doorbell, right? He couldn't reach it. The priest says, he said, right, son. Need a little help here. Let me help you. Look. He rang it. I mean, he rang it good. He gives, oh, say, son, now now what do we do, little man? And the little guy says, now we run. (laughs) I helped the people. I've helped the person who said, Lord, what did I get into? Amen. I said, oh, Lord, I didn't hear you on this one. Amen. You ever help someone and not get much thanks out of it? God will reward you. There's a young man went up, probably Durant post office. He went over to the post office. There was an older gentleman there and asked him if he could write a few lines on a postcard. I guess arthritis was acting up and he couldn't write too well. So the young man steps at a line and he says, "Sure, let me help you, old timer." And he begins to write. And as the guy's giving him dictation, and when he finishes, he begins to give the card back to the old guy. And, and the old man looks at him and says, oh, would you put one more thing, please, just write in there, P.S., sorry for the sloppy handwriting. I'll <laughs> <That'll> give you. <laughs> Sometimes they'll get no gratitude, Amen. Hey, listen! They didn't give Jesus a lot of gratitude. Amen. Just do it as unto the Lord and say, "Lord, Amen." You'll you'll reward me on that day. But let me give you one more story. This one comes from the book, and it's just a good story. Our point: help the weak. What a great gift. Amen. Because God wants to resurrect the weak. Isn't that true? Sometimes people go through weakened circumstances. Sometimes they're young in the Lord and they just need that patience so they can grow strong. Other times, they're just in a place where they're not weak believers. They're just going through a hard circumstance. It's really done a number, and they need someone to stand with them. It could be a divorce. It could be a disease. It could be a bankruptcy. It could be a tragedy they never saw coming. It's not their fault. It's just that we live in a world that's not an easy world to live in. Life's not easy. It's a fallen world. In a fallen, Amen. Let me give you one more story. It comes from 2 Timothy, the first chapter. And let's read, if we would, verses 15 through 18. And it's a beautiful picture of a friend helping out a brother. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, you know, everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Philegius and Hermangius. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Wow. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Paul the apostle was in prison getting ready to be executed. And Anesiphorus brings refreshing to this forsaken brother and apostle in a forgotten place. He helped Paul out, and he was unashamed. He was persistent. And again, he he was a real unsung helper and hero. I want to say it again, that a lot of you, the Lord, won't forget your acts of kindness and your extra effort you've made for the brothers in the Lord. I know a lot of you go the extra mile to try to contact Those that are struggling, try to contact those that are straying. God won't forget you. Some go the extra mile, take your time, you take your effort to go the God won't forget you. But here's our scene in this story. The apostle Paul is an enemy of the state. He's deserted, he's abandoned, and he's blacklisted. Some would get embittered by that. Someone say, I've given God my life and everything, and look at this. But not Paul. He wasn't looking for this world. He's looking for the world to come. Amen? But listen, no one wants to get close to him. Nobody wants to identify with him. He waits execution. And sometimes, though, through difficult events, we can be weakened by circumstances beyond our control. There are times when life can force us into lonely places and limited places. Weak place. dark hour for Paul. His associates are out ministering, and all the others have abandoned him, don't want to know his name now. That happens sometimes, you know. When things are going good, everybody wants to know you. When things go bad, they they, they forget your number. He's in Nero's prison, the dungeon. It's just days to his execution. But one man dared to leave his home and his safety to come to Rome, to stand by him in the hour of his trial. Help the weak, help the weak. The name Onesimus, um, it means profit-bearing, and he was a profitable friend for Paul. Verse 17 says, he searched hard for me. You see, love has to have some hands and feet, amen? Love is more than just an emotion. Love is an expression. Love takes some energy. Love, love does something. doesn't just say something. And verse 16 says, and he's not ashamed. You know, sometimes when people need our help, maybe they've fallen. Maybe they've messed up. Maybe they've been accused, embarrassed. Let's not be ashamed to reach out and identify with our brothers and sisters. In verse 16, again, he refreshed me. It's an interesting word, he refreshed me. It means he he, he revived me. He was like a cool breath of air to me. The amplified verse says, bracing me like fresh air. The breath of fresh air in our hour of trial. It's like I thank you for that card came at just the right time. That phone call is just what I needed. Oh, you stopped by. You thought you were, you were being a pain, but thank you, thank you. It meant something. It meant something. It meant something. Oh, man. Our word, our kindness, our presence, practical, physical expressions and assistance. Help the weak! By God's grace, they won't be weak forever. Oh, Forrest, he's a helper. What an illustration of a helper. And in the hour of his brother's trial... When life had brought him to a weak, hurting, vulnerable place, he gave the gift of help. You'd be amazed. Sometimes when people go through it, nobody wants to be near them. You identify with them, then they blacklist you. we got to make up our mind, I'm going to love my brother. Regardless of who thinks water, who cares? I'm going to stand by their side. Amen. Let me see how this works out. Number one, this gift of help. Number one, seeks us out. Seeks us out. Onesiphorus, oh, he sought Paul out. They're, 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 you couldn't Google what prison, what dungeon's he in. It's not, not easy to find someone, you know. And it's not a popular thing to be asking. Hey, hey, this guy, Nero hates him. Nero's going to kill him. Nero's going to call him. I, I, want, I don't want to be associated with him. How do I find him? Not an easy thing. Sometimes it takes a little effort to help a person going through it. Can you say amen? He seeks us out, takes time, takes awareness and a sensitivity that someone's even going through something. Seeks us out, stands by our side. This is a gift of help. I'm not ashamed. He's my brother. This is not a burden. He's my brother. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) When they're your brother, it's not a burden. Isn't that right? When they're your kids, it's not a burden. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But for God's grace, I could be there. <laughs> Maybe I was there. Can you say amen to that? And I'm not gonna, now I'm going to act high and mighty? No. Now I'm going to sit. I told this story before. My grandfather got older, and he had to wear that oxygen deal, you know, around the house at a cord. And sometimes he, he would fall every now and again. And Grandma couldn't get him back up. She wasn't strong enough. So we said, Grandma, what'd you do? And he said, I just sat down next to him. waited for the mailman to come. I heard him come, and I ran out and get him. He'd come in and help him up. See, sometimes all love can do is I'll just sit down with you. If I could help you, I would. Trust me. If I could wave the wand and everything was okay, I would do it so fast. If I had it to give, but sometimes all that love can do, I'll just sit with you. I'll just hold your hand At least you won't be alone uh, we're talking about helping the weak and many times people are weak and there's reasons for that but a lot of times they're weak because life has thrown circumstances and seasons and attacks at them that is weak in them part of the human condition but as part of the family of God the word of God says one of the ways we keep a healthy vibrant body is by helping the weak not forsaking them, not ignoring them, not getting tired of them, but sitting with them, praying for them, encouraging them, and believing with them. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy and revival are coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Seeks us out, stands by our side and soothes us, refreshes us, their presence and their words and just their love. Encourages us. Gifts for the family. Things we need to do to help our congregation stay strong and healthy. And help one another out. Hallelujah. Gift number one was warn the idol. Gift number two was encourage the timid. Gift number three that we covered was be patient with everyone. And this last one, help the weak. Help the weak. Amen. Amen. As we close our service, if anyone needs special prayer, Please come and Pastor Todd or someone will pray with you. If you need to be anointed with oil, believe God to heal your body. If you just need to pray, you're not sure of the condition of your soul. You're not sure and things aren't where they need to be with you in the Lord. You just want someone to, to pray with you and to, to talk to you. Please come down. But now for the rest of us, this is what we want to do. This whole two-part message, gifts to the family. Let's pray one for another. Now very simple, I just lay down the ground rules. If you don't know the person, don't touch the person. That's just the ground rules. We don't want anyone to feel not out of place, but someone touches them, doesn't amen? Obviously, if it's Uncle, Uncle Uncle Jerry, or you know what I mean. If it's someone that you grew up with, you know, Aunt Andre, you know, go ahead. You can pray one for another if you see fit. But let's maybe pray for your family. Pray for the person to your left and your right. Can we pray one for another? Can we just, before we leave, can we bless each other? I'll give you a hint. I know I don't have to be Isaiah to tell you this, but everybody's going through something. Everybody's family's got a battle or a need. Isn't that right? And you don't know what people are going through. So pray like it was your mother or your father. Pray like it was your son or your daughter. Pray for those on your left. Pray for those on your right. Pray for this. the so Lord bless them. Lord, help them this week. Lord, encourage. Lord, meet their needs. Lord, if they need a physical touch, Lord, heal them. Lord, give peace to their homes. Lord, help them on their jobs. Just pray as God would lead you to pray. Stand with me, please. The singers are going to sing and we're going to pray. Let me open and let me close in a prayer and then be released to pray one for another. And if you need special prayer, you can come down and receive that special prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the family of God. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful congregation and I thank you for this wonderful group of believers, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we thank you for this common faith that we share. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that has redeemed each one of us and the precious Holy Spirit that has made us new creatures. And Lord, we don't want to take for granted the privilege of being part of the family of God. But we want to do our part to encourage, to help, to pray one for another, to be patient with one another when need be to properly and lovingly warn one another. But most of all, to stand with one another. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for the person on that left and person on that right in front of us. Father God, in Jesus' name, bless them, use them, help them. Give them wisdom, supply their needs. If they have a financial need, come through for them in a special way. If they need strength in their physical body, Lord, let healing power flow now, 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 now. In the name of Jesus, let healing power flow. Oh God, if they need wisdom, give them the mind of Christ now. Let them see clearly. Let them understand exactly what you would have them to do. Lord, I pray for their insides, for their heart, for their emotion. For their mind. Peace. The peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God. Come against that anxiety. Come against that worry. Come against that fear. In the name of Jesus, peace. Peace. As they look to you. As they trust in you. Peace. Oh, Father. Break every burden. Melt every affliction. Rasha kindo rando roto konda risha randa la risha londo riti. Father, touch that dear one in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let that pressure dissipate. Let the peace of God fall in Jesus' name. Oh God. Fathers, we continue to pray, blessings upon our family use us and direct us as we pray fill every thirsty soul refresh every weary soul and right now fill afresh every person that wants more of you in jesus name and all god's people said go ahead and pray one